0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently on a rainy, rainy day. And I decided to record just because, one, I had the time. And two, like, why not have the extra acoustics (laughs) going as I record? Um, This is your Wednesday show. I do appreciate anyone who has listened and will listen to my very first wrestling interview. How crazy is that? This transformed into a wrestling podcast... Uh, right as cold conscious was departing, I, even right before he departed, cause I started doing more shows on my own, and I really had the podcasting bug, and um, as I knew he was departing, I decided to kind of talk about my passions, and um, in today's episode, we'll get to that in a sec- one second, I, d- I did not do a cold open for the Selena De La Rente. Uh, interview because I kind of wanted to be on its own, just do its own thing and then talk about it afterwards, um, like I'm doing right now. And so, um, so yeah, so it's just funny how that's the very first interview. So here's how it even came about just for people who like to know the background stuff and all the other type of stuff. So pretty much I've been trying for a while to get wrestlers to be on my podcast. And now I have done some work with Rocky Mountain Pro, as an announcer, as, a, as, as an artist, and all this other type of stuff. So, I had an in. I met some wrestler. I met some wrestlers that I could have connected with. But, um... I, it, just, I, it just never felt right. Or no one ever responded. Or whatever whoever it was. Well, anyways, I follow her, uh, Miss Delavente, on Instagram. And she's very active on social media. And so... I had seen that her deal was up with MLW. So I said, you know, let me reach out to her. And so the interview came about pretty quickly. So so I sent an email early in the week and then she got back to me like in the middle of the week. so Let's just say Monday I sent an email. Wednesday, she got back to me and she's like, "Hey, I have time to do an interview today if you want to do it." And I was like, "Oh, really? I was like, All right, cool." So like hours later we're doing we're talking, we're meeting and it was really freaking cool. So hope you guys enjoyed that i like the, the whole point of it was just to have fun i didn't really want to delve into the mlw and why she left i mean i'm sure that story will come out very soon um and i'm sure she'll have I, I, I'm, I'm sure it's why chris van vliet's are out there and fight fools and whoever else does interviews i'm sure they'll get the, the dirt out of her i kind of just wanted to be a safe space and a fun space and when I do more interviews with wrestlers, that's kind of what, what I just want to do, is just have fun, you know, and talk about stuff. I mean, if, they, if they bring up stuff, certain things, that's cool, too. Like, there are certain people on my list that I would love to interview. You know, I would love to talk to DDP. He's a talker. You know, I would love to talk to freaking Rob Van Dam and talk about his rolling papers. I saw this great clip on Instagram when he presented Vince McMahon with his rolling papers. I, I, some people, I, There's a lot of people I'd like to talk to, but we'll see how it goes in the future. Either way, my first wrestling interview, I'm, I was very excited to get it out the way. I was nervous, but she was so easy to talk to. She's funny, um, and also the stuff that you guys heard. So for those who listened, I appreciate it. For those who will listen, I appreciate you. Let's get to today's episode. Today's episode is a review of season one of Jupiter's Legacy. So let's do some background first. For those of you who don't know, Jupiter's Legacy is a Mark Millar comic book universe uh, creation. For those who don't know who Mark Millar is, He is uh, obviously the owner of Miller World, Miller World. And what ended up happening was they followed in the the, the shoes of Image Comics, essentially. Uh, For those who don't know the story, Tom McFarlane, Rob Lightfield, Jim Lee, some others got together because they were not happy with their pay with DC and Marvel and their rights and all this other stuff. So in the mid-90s, early 90s, they left. And mind you, Jim Lee has the highest-selling comic book of all time. Uh, In the X-Men. Issue 1. And they left to form Image Comics. And Image Comics has a legacy onto themselves. Image Comics has the longest reigning. Running. Independent comic book of all time. In Spawn. That's Tom McFarlane's creation. And um. That's going to probably remain forever. Because Spawn's over 300 issues. (sighs) You know. Anyways, so in early in the late '90s, early 2000s, Mark Millar and some people got together, and they weren't happy with their split, so they left and they created Millar World, and they have some great issues, some great comics of their own. The main one I'm going to point out now, besides Jupiter Legacy, because we're going to talk about that series, is there's this comic book called Nemesis. If you have never heard of it, my suggestion to you is either go to your local comic book store, go to Amazon, Google Play buy it it. downloaded is a fantastic read i cannot wait till they do a live uh version of that um anyways i completely forgot that once marvel and netflix kind of came to their pass because one of the issues that netflix was having with marvel was they want marvel to produce more content for them and even though we got like three tv shows in a year they wanted more and marvel just like we don't we don't produce content that way and also, at the same time, you could tell that the Reigns were leaving the old TV show, showrunner, and they were going to Kevin Foggy. And so, you could t- I guarantee you, if that guy, I can't remember his name right now, sorry, but if that guy was never going to run out of power, then it would have definitely been freaking still going. He would produce as much content for them as, as possible. But I think Kevin Foggy has his own... Obviously Disney Plus and so many things that just went against producing more content. Me personally, I have my thoughts on the Netflix shows. I thought they were all good in their own right. I know some people don't agree with that. Like for me, if I had to rank them, Iron Fist obviously was the weaker of the two of of, of all of them. Season two was better than season one. I don't know what that showrunner was trying to get across in season one. Um, also at the same time, it really felt like putting the suit... Because we never see Finn Jones' Iron Fist in his iconic suit, ever. We see a version of it, but it's not the suit. But it felt like they were doing anything to get the cop out of seeing him in his iconic suit, which is weird. Because Daredevil was so fantastic and you saw him in the suit, right? So that was clearly the weakest series. I thought seasons one in season three of Jessica Jones. Well season one of Jessica Jones would go ten out of ten. Season two was weaker. I'll give like a seven out of ten. Season three was like a was like a nine out of ten. I thought both seasons of Luke Cage were stellar, ten out of tens. Seasons one and three of Daredevil were three. Season two was about like seven. Uh that's cause they were, that's because they were literally setting everything up though. They were setting up freaking uh the defenders. They were setting up a, a punisher. They were setting up uh, Electra to be in Defenders, they were setting up literally so much at the same time that it just felt like it was, it just felt like there was so many things being thrown at you that it just didn't, it just didn't connect with me on all levels. But anyways, um, but anyways, I, I understand it. So anyways, they struck a deal with the Millar world. Uh, I want to say in 2017, 2018, now, I remember it being big news. I remember when it, I remember being excited when it came out. I just completely forgot about it because it had been so long. And they had struck a deal with Miller World for, uh, for their live action rights. And so this was the first one they did, Jupiter's Legacy. This, I've actually only read the comic one time. And it was so long ago. I do not remember if I liked it or not, if I thought it was bad. I, I don't think I thought it was bad. I will remember that probably because we all, always remember, remember the negative, right? But, like, I just don't remember it because I I think at that time I was consuming so many comics that it's kind of like music. I was having this conversation with my friend MJ. At one point in time, I used to consume so much music to where I physically couldn't listen to music for, like, six, seven months. Because I was consuming it and overanalyzing it and doing this and that. And it wasn't even enjoyable anymore. That's how I got with comic books. I was consuming so much of it. And I remember this being the time. Because I remember re- reading Nemesis. And I remember that being so memorable. But then I remember, I, there's a lot of comic books. Like, I remember, I had to go back and read House of M. I remember I had to go back and read House of M. Because I, I remember that was one of the comics I read during that time period. And I remember I was just like, I was consuming so much. And I just was like, ugh. You know? So anyways, I don't remember. So this one, this won't be like, I like I, I was invincible. I didn't read any of stuff. So with this one, I, I don't remember the comic enough to compare it. So anyways, um, let's just get to the season. It's, it's 10 episodes. They go about 50 minutes. I think uh, Josh Dumahal, Dumahal? Dumahal? If I, I'm sorry, if I'm not, I know I pronounced his last name right. I think he's a good actor. I like it. I like him because he, he has range. He can do the rom-coms. He can do the comedies. He can do the serious stuff, so it seems to play this, 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 this character, there's this lead character, this conflicted character, is very good, pretty much the story of the entire season is, you see the origin story, and it's done in a, in a very fun way, I've really enjoyed it, like, what, what they've done, Netflix has done with some of their creations have been, have been good, like, Witcher, literally, is like, starting you at where you are in the story, to get you, and then it goes backwards, and you get confused about where you are in the story until they drop one little scene. You're like, then you're like, okay, cool, I know where I am. This is kind of similar. Where, like, certain episodes are focused on certain characters to see where they were in the story during this part of the origin story. But, like, it's it's actually pretty, pretty interesting how they did it. So, anyways, um, pretty much these are heroes that are around for forever. And they have a code. They built a code when they first came together in the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties. Of they won't kill. So it's like a justice society thing or whatever, right? Air quotes. And so, anyways, um, as they've getting older, the rules change. The villains no longer want to go to jail. The villains are like, look here, you got to kill me, MFR. And so, they, so as the younger people with powers are coming up, they're they're losing their lives over this code, and that brings up a good question. Does the code still stand if no one follows it? And how many people have to die for this code? So it's very interesting how they go about it because now you're focusing on the parents trying to teach the kids, but you see the parents just as conflicted because they're losing these young kids, you know? And obviously, that's a huge thing when you start losing kids and can these kids believe in your code and blah, 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 and this, that, and the third. And so, um, I, I I would give it a ten out of ten because even in the entire time, they had they, they, well they had the entire time they want you to think who the big bad is right now. I've watched enough movies, superhero stuff, to know when a misdirection is coming, but it was still a fun way to reveal the bad guy. And so that's the thing. That's the only problem I have right now is I am trying to think of their names, but I don't have their names. Because I'm trying to think about, about all those. Because if I were to write notes down, it wouldn't be natural. But anyways, the brother of the, of the main character is... You, you can see that they have this complicated relationship their entire life. Built of jealousy, built of lack of father's love and all this other stuff. Or, or it's a father's love, but it's a conflicted father's love. As he treats them differently. As one is seen as the golden child. The other one seen as just a stick man. And obviously those are things that uh, people... Um, go through in life well anyways um, he is by his brother's side this entire time he can read minds except for his brothers Um, and he's the most powerful telepath essentially but he can't read his brother's mind and the thing about it though is, is like the thing. other thing I really liked about this story is you have these characters that just drop in for an episode or two that you don't know anything about and they're killed off like the brother's daughter gets killed by the, by the, the brother kills his own daughter and so but you don't know much about her you don't know where her mom is you don't know you don't know what happened to her mom you just know that he loved the mom but you could tell that they were estranged the daughter was looking for um her own her, her own way um they had beef obviously and towards the end, now get to that in the second, in the end, um, he has to kill her because she knows a secret. And so, um, but you don't know much about this. You don't know. You know, she's a badass. you know, she's a, a, a ninja sword fighting telepath that can kick, that can kill you, but you actually don't know anything about her. Same thing with the same thing about, um, some of the side characters. You just don't know them, you know, it, I, I, and I like that though. I I know people are all about everyone. Everyone is a screenwriter now. Everyone has to know about character development and all this type of stuff. And it's like that. And not everything. Uh, not not everybody has to have character development. Some people, is best, if you just because it helps. Because to me, it helps shows how ruthless the brother is, and how and how. You don't you think you know his end game his end plan but you don't really know is it to kill the brother because the brother is the most powerful one of them all can he kill him that is that's kind of like the key there is like what what, what do you, you there's so much mystery left and to me i liked it that way and like you still don't know, and there's it this other character named George, right, who betrayed the the society early in his in their careers because he stopped believing in the code. But he is a non-factor in the future. You see him in the past. You see how close he is with with the, the with the main character, and how him and the other brother brother just don't get along, and et cetera, et cetera. You don't see him in the future. And even when you think you see him in the future, my theory is that's not even the real person you see. Because it's the brother manipulating what he wants them to see. So, I'm just like, holy crap, like, you don't know where anybody is. You And you actually don't really know. So, I'm very curious, especially after the world's really beginning to open up, I'm really curious to see, like where where we go where they go from here in, in the in the next season now obviously the, the series is going to have to wrap up with those two fighting coming to blows and and choices being made etc so we know that's inevitable however um it, it it's it's still intriguing to me i thought they did a great job with it um Especially since, since these characters aren't iconic characters, they can become iconic characters now based off the show. This will make people. I was just in the comic book store today. And the first issue of of, of Invincible, I think it's like a nine point eight grade, was four thousand dollars. That's just gonna go up. Someone's gonna meet. Someone's gonna buy that. Someone's gonna meet them meet Robert Kirkman. Invincible's already been renewed for two seasons. That will then just raise the price up. These, this is the same thing will happen with these characters. This show will make them even more. This will make them even, especially as as I'm recording this. I just heard that DC is downsizing. DC's not going out of business or anything, but they're downsizing heavy to under twenty five issues a month. I mean, we all we all knew the comic industry was kind of dying. It can always have a it can always have a renaissance. But I will say this, talking on that really fast, it can have a renaissance, but you have to, one, stop doing so many freaking reboots. Two, there's so many else world stories going on. Why can't you just stick to the main main timeline for a little bit, you know, and then go to these extra things that, you know mean something. I I don't know. Just to me, that's a whole nother but can of worms we won't we won't even get into. But anyways, I will give this season a 10 out of ten. I like the acting. I like the I like the chemistry of all the actors and actresses and how they are. I like the fact that not every actor or actress had time to shine. Like the daughter of the black character, and I hate saying because I don't know, I just don't know their names. But I knew writing notes down. I I first of all, when even when I had the thought to review this, it was at the very end of season one, by the time I hadn't written any notes, and I wasn't, and I even then, now to go back into write notes, it's not, it wouldn't be natural, I'll come off as, sometimes when you guys hear me, I, I've, I've talked to some some of you guys about this on social media, like, sometimes when you guys hear me, it sounds like I'm, I, I'm actually reading, because I'm trying to not, f- like, freestyle it, but I think freestyle for me works fantastic, comes off a lot more natural, anyways, um... So, like, you don't know much about these the, the, the black character. You know about the, the past with the father, but you don't know how this guy ended up in a wheelchair. You don't know how he had his daughter, who he has his daughter with. You don't know any of this, which I think is absolutely fantastic because it just leaves more of these stories to be unraveled. And then I, I could only imagine when George comes back in season two at some point in the future and... Then all of a sudden it's like oh whoa okay what what has he been doing because he's not the big bad he obviously betrayed them at some point but oh matter of fact let me take that back is that obvious did he betray them or was someone manipulated to think that can he really not can he really read his brother's thoughts but he just hasn't told anyone because why would you tell anyone you can do that what's that saying. The greatest trick the devil ever told was thinking, telling everyone he didn't exist or something like that. There's so many things to unravel here. I would recommend a watch. Like I said, Jonathan Esther told me to watch it because I just, I wasn't. Netflix, it's, it's interesting with Netflix, right? So Netflix, I have been a Netflix subscriber a long, long time. Like since the DVD days. So I used to send DVDs and back and forth and all other crap, right? That's how long I've been. I was literally grandfathered. and I've been grandfathered in to new pricing like four times. Now they're not doing grandfather price. And now everyone gets has to suffer and pay eighty five dollars a month. Joking, but we're not far away from that. Anyways, um, so that's how long I've had Netflix. So literally, Netflix is they're saying, in my mind is, we're here when you need us. You pay the bill, you're here. We're here when you need us. So I don't pick up Netflix until it it becomes desperate time. And because I'm barely home now, and now that I'm getting invited back to Comic-Cons and stuff like that, it just will be that way for a long time. So, anyways, I, I recommend it. I give it a 10 out of 10 for Season 1. Um, I don't think anything was overdone. I think everything was cooked perfectly to, to, to order. And um, I'm looking forward to Season 2. I'm looking forward to seeing now I'm going to actually have to do more like research and, and just look up and decide when or not decide, but look up when they're actually in production of certain things, you know, so, uh, so I can know what's going on, so, anyways, that is your Wednesday show for this week, hope you guys have a great rest of your week, I am this little chemical, this is I see things a little differently.